All right, another episode, Moto Cod. <sighs> <laughs> and take two. And all right, well, Albert and cameraman Cam back for another episode. You already know another, I'm leaving that in there. Another hot and heavy episode of Moto Academy <laughs> podcast. Uh, nothing ever works. Podcasting is a game of troubleshooting. We finally <laughs> got it working, yeah. I think. Yeah, we're yeah. good. Hey, does it matter? I turned my shotgun mic on for no reason because I was spacing out. That doesn't matter, right? Uh, what? <laughs> no, it shouldn't. It shouldn't matter. Anywho, well, what's happening in Moto Academy? So I have on uh, every style choice I try to make. I forget that I can't make that style choice and also simultaneously. Sim- you having a rough day over there? What have you been up to today? What's happening? <laughs> too much sun. I spent too much time at the pool. I got sunburned. My lips are chapped. Your life is so uh, hard. <laughs> it's 90. It's hot. What'd you say? I look sunburned? No, I said your life is so hard. Uh, yeah. Man, uh, I do all my work the from the pool. For too long. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I do all my... I just... I, I'm smart. Instead of sitting in, a, in an office, I just sit at the pool and do all my work. Because yeah, why not? What a smart guy. <laughs> the only problem is when we move to Florida, I'm going to make sure I have to have a mobile hotspot because I'm going to try to do that while at the beach, but I have to have good Wi-Fi. Let me just tell you, I've, I've spent the last week in Florida, like last mm-hmm. nine or 10 days. Dude, the service and Wi-Fi in Florida is so incredibly bad. Like, is it? It's so bad. Yeah. Don't you remember being in Florida and like we never got service anywhere? Well... The good news is I have tested because Allie's dad owns a condo where we bought our condo mm-hmm. and his Wi-Fi was killer. Oh, good. So that was my test run. It's good at the condo at least now. Is it good at the beach? Mm, don't know. Anywho, I put on this bucket hat. How's it look with my headphones? Uh, I mean, it, it's fine. I Are suppose. you a fan of the bucket hats? Moto Academy, rate, rate it one to 10, bucket hat. If you got me one, I would wear it all the time. It's key. I mean, I wear the straw yeah. hat at class. I wear the bucket hat while at the pool. Can we, I'm, uh, I'm can we put starting a... starting to not wear sunscreen, so I need to make sure uh, that I'm covering my face so my face doesn't get burnt. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big sunscreen advocate. I used to be until I learned how bad for you technically is, so now I just just take the sun in. Is it worse take it than in. skin cancer? <laughs> Cause yeah, because whatever other cancer you're getting from the sunscreen is probably worse than skin cancer. And... I'm making sure that I get tan at a gradual safe pace because what's happening, I swear it's cool. And I never really thought this was what happened, but it makes sense. I'm actually getting a little bit of a tan. Wow. More, I'm more tan than I've ever been. What, what each time I can spend a longer amount in the sun without hmm. like you, when you know when we're pasty and after winter you spend literally five minutes in the sun and you're toast. I, yep. I sat out there for a good, I don't know, probably 35 minutes today, straight in the sun, totally fine. Yeah, sweet. <clears throat> Proud moment. Proud moment. Make get sure you done. guys go to the motoacademy.com, get your merch. You know what's going to be on the motoacademy.com soon? Cameraman Cam merch? Yes. So it looks good update. too. Folks. Yeah, quick update. We have two designs done, finalized. I believe they're finalized. Uh, they're sick. I think they're freaking awesome. Um, I'm going to wear it. I'm going to wear one. Yeah, I'll, I'll wear them, obviously. They're mine. Um, so that'll be coming soon. I'm, my goal is to have m- maybe one to two more designs launch with those two. Don't know if I've told you that, AJ, but um, I have a guy working on one right okay. now, and then I have an idea for another one that you and I need to talk about. But hmm. yeah, it'll be cool. Sweet. Yeah, and I have two new designs coming out, which I'm actually pumped on. They're my two favorite designs. Oh, and then what do we got coming up? We have classes. I fly to Germany tomorrow. By the time this comes out, I'll be on a plane to Germany. Then I go to Greece. And then I'm going to be all over. So go to tour.themotoacademy.com if you guys want to sign up for a class in person. What's coming up after that? I would check my phone, but since everything broke, I'm now FaceTiming you on my phone. Yep. I'm going to be uh, Mountain View MX. Well, yeah, Mountain View MX. Can't wait. Where That's where that? I did the Honda shoot with Jet. That's where actually my relationship with Jet and Hunter and our agent Lucas sort of began oh, a little bit. Oh, it's that there. track? Yeah. Oh, I never made that connection. Oh, that track's awesome. Yeah. So 
yeah, I think that would be sick. Um, then we go to Calgary. Shout out OG Moto Academy member Jackson going to Calgary. That's going to be super fun. There is a day two that we just booked that has availability. So if you guys want to sign up for that, sign up for that. And going to be absolutely everywhere. If you don't see a class near you and you want one near you, send me a message inside of here and, or send cameraman Cam a message uh, with some suggestions. Uh, did you get some questions this time or what? Got a whole lot of questions. Whole lot of questions. You did? Yes. Also, congratulations on 100, 100K. We haven't said that yet in the podcast. Finally. Oh, it took so long. You did it. Oh, it took so long. Yep. But Things I have to appreciate really it because when you everyone says congrats, the first thing I think about is, oh, well, it should have happened a long time ago. But that's a bad mindset. That's a terrible I be, mindset. I should be grateful. You have 100,000 subscribers on YouTube, which I guess in YouTube terms is kind of not as significant as it used to be. But dude, you're going to get a plaque. That's a big deal. That is cool. And it's still significant just because the barrier to entry in YouTube is like getting more and more impossible. And I always have those conversations with people. I'm like, because I get asked that frequently and, and I just say, just yeah, try it, of course, because you have to build your own channel and your own network. But it's you have to understand that you're going to put a lot of work into it for a long period of time and nobody's going to watch. Years. For a long time. Yeah, years. So that weeds out 99.9% .9 of the people. And I'm just happy that I am past, sort of past that threshold. I still feel like no one watches half the time, but I guess it's all relative. Yeah. I'm yeah. grateful for the people that do watch. I'm especially grateful for the people inside of Moto Academy. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I've been 200 subs from 5,000 for like two years now. So thank you all. But hashtag sub to cam. Please just please sub to cam. I'm so close. <laughs> You're so only close. 200 away? Two, I'm less than 200 away from 5,000. Oh, no way. Yep. Well, I too bad you don't get a plaque for 5K, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little far off from the plaque. <laughs> but 5,000 is a good number. That's halfway to 10,000. That's a big deal. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's Which is one tenth of the way going. to hundred. So you're, you're right there. You're right around the corner. I'm right around the corner. just got a, you know, a couple viral videos and we're there. So got a lot of questions, a couple duplicate people. Um, actually I have three questions from the same guy, <laughs> but they're good. They're all good. So we're okay. going to have a little series of the real GP, I think is his name in the, in the app. Um, okay. But I got some good questions. Thank you all for sending them in, please. For the love of Jesus. Send them in over video form. Quit texting them to me. I'm going to stop responding soon. Did they do a decent job this time of videos? Uh, I get about, I get about like 70, 30, 70% do it right. 30 don't. Um, but maybe Fair. one day. That's good. All right, here we go. Are we ready it's to C minus. Ready. Here we go. Hit me with, hit me with them. Good morning, Cam and AJ. Hey, question for the podcast. Riding two strokes versus four strokes. Since AJ's ridden both. Um, Supercross, just his take on which one has benefits for, I guess, maybe different style persons as well as tracks. Um, looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Thanks again for all you do. Bye-bye. Cool. Uh, good question. So, yeah, I've ridden so many dirt bikes, it's unbelievable. I would say that in Supercross, he did mention Supercross, but I don't think that's what he meant specifically. In Supercross, the 125 was just about impossible to ride. It was just simply too slow the whole time. Uh, but Supercross aside, I think that there's a time and a place where sometimes it feels like it could be almost even faster, but it's more certainly more fun on certain style tracks. Now, what style tracks those are, I don't know. Maybe ones that aren't at elevation, don't have very deep mud or dirt, don't have turns that are too tight, don't have big jumps right out of turns. <laughs> Pretty much anything that's too difficult is going to be less and less fun on a 125. On a 252 stroke though, those things are a blast. I'm sorry, I, is it going to be better than a four stroke on any track? Pretty much probably not, but it's a great tool. A 125 is a perfect tool for a student that's making the transition to a big bike because it's the slowest bike power to weight ratio wise, in my opinion. Like a super mini is probably faster for how light it is than a 125 is for how big it is and how slow it is. So it forces you to ride the right way, forces you to carry momentum, which is helpful. And a 252 stroke, it, it can just be fun, something different. I don't know, I'd say is, is if budget allows, 
I would always have one of each. Personally. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. uh, I'm slowly finding myself to be a four stroke guy. I was always 125s are just a lot of work. Well, that's the thing is I was always faster on a 125 because they're so much lighter and I'm not a strong dude. So in that sense, they're easier to throw around, but four strokes are just so much easier to ride. And like, I'm to the point where I'm, I just, I don't want to like be aggressive. I just Mm. like putting around and having a good time. So I hear that. That's why older guys like the 450s sometimes because they argue that on a lot of tracks and the speed that they're riding, they can just sort of be lazy. Absolutely, you can. Well, and the e-bike's great for that. Well, that's what I'm saying is like, I I can't wait to own an e-bike. Like, it's the ultimate lazy person bike, 100%. But also like, they're just more it's fun. fun. It's fun. The yeah. fun factor is so much higher on an e-bike, honestly, than normal dirt bikes, which I know a lot of people don't appreciate us saying that, but the people who don't appreciate us saying that haven't ridden an e-bike yet, guaranteed. You know what I mean? Like, they're just so much fun. I haven't met anybody that's ridden the e-bike that's gone. Yeah, exactly. It's always like, holy crap. What the heck? I did not expect that. Every single person. Yeah. Like the reaction videos that we do on YouTube are real. Yeah. And they're all like every pro rider is like, that's unbelievable. I can't, man. I hope the stark holds up, dude. I hope the stark holds up. Hey, speaking of fun. Yes. uh, I got invited officially today to Red Bull Straight Rhythm. Oh, Nice. Yeah. When's October, that happening? Can October you say 5th, that? Oh, I don't. Can I say? Well, you just said if it. we're clipping this. Well, October 15th, Huntington Beach. Okay. need to put that in my calendar. Yeah. 15th? Yeah, put it in there now. October 15th. Oh, we'll probably fly in. Class. We, we're, we are, we're handling that today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that those of you listening, if you're signed up for Field of Dreams, October 13th, 14th, we are moving those and consolidating them to one day, October 10th, Monday, October 10th, because I'll have to fly to straight rhythm Thursday night. We'll have press day that Friday and then I'll race Saturday. Oh, I know. Okay. The question is, and you're going to have to help me brainstorm here is the Red Bull guy had the idea of, he wants me to do a play on jet, whether that be a, a hilarious over-exaggerated version of jet jet from the future jet, that never was something, something playing off of jet. I love it. So I, I think we can do it in a really funny way. And I reached out to that Il Rappa company in Italy. Yeah. And I'm seeing if they can retrofit a KTM 150 motor into a 2022 CRF 250 chassis. Yeah. Because that would be sick. Yeah, dude, that'd be so sick. Yes. Yes. That gets me stoked. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, I know. Get me so, a dang media pass, will you? Oh, yeah. For that, that'll be easy. Well, we that'll said that fun. about Supercross we don't and have Motocross. August. <laughs> we don't have that much time. I got to get a. I got to get that bike. Yeah. ASAP. Yeah. So that's that. cool. Awesome. Wow, that sounds yeah. great. Wait, was the other bike you rode, that was a 450 with a 250 engine in it? 252 stroke yeah. engine? Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. And you definitely want to so, be on a 150 probably. So I don't see why that wouldn't work. Um, yeah, I don't see why that wouldn't work. Worst case scenario, maybe I just do the 250 in the 450 chassis. Uh, maybe I find the person that, win that won that bike and just see if I can borrow it so I don't have to buy one. Because <laughs> that's a big investment for one race. What, am I going to spend like 20 grand? Yeah, probably. That'd be a lot of money. Then I'll probably end up giving it away anyways. Uh, congrats, by the way, I think Steven Jones is his name. He, by the time this comes out, it'll have been announced cause I announced it live after this recording tonight, Steven Jones from Ohio, I think. Okay. Won the, won my KTM 125. So nice. congrats. Awesome. Pumped. They're doing class at some point this summer. So that's when we're going to do the bike exchange. So that will make it very simplified for us to be able to shoot it, oh, uh, and not cost me too much money to ship it to God knows where. So that's Are the they, good news uh, with that. Moto Academy member or no? Because I already lost a lot of money on that promotion. Yeah, you did. Uh, I don't know. So there was two winners, one of which, and I don't want to say the name because they'll be so disappointed. The first winner was from Canada, and I can't legally pick somebody from Canada. So mm-hmm. I had to pick the alternate. Why? 
because it's a U.S. only promote legally based on the terms and conditions. It can only be U.S. Oh, I see. And the person from Canada that won was a Moto Academy member. Oh, yeah. You can't. Uh, I know. You are. You know, Jackson's listening to this just sweating. It's not Jackson, <laughs> but I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say who it was. <laughs> But it wasn't Jackson. But it wasn't Jackson. Jackson's still going to believe that it was Jackson. Um, (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, It rhymes with... uh, No, none of that. It rhymes with Raxon. (laughs) All right, here we go. You ready for another question? Yep. All right, let's let's get it. We got three of this guy, so this is question number... Oh, so the same dude. Okay. Question number one. Question for the podcast. When I'm writing whoops, I find that... I often lose grip with my legs on the bike and my feet start bouncing on the pegs. Uh, is there a specific something that I can do to remedy that so I, that I don't lose that squeeze with my legs and, and basically stay better connected to the bike while I'm blitzing whoops? Thanks. Uh, yeah, easy answer. So you're probably focusing too much on trying to squeeze the bike with your knees instead of fixing your feet and like making sure your feet are in the right spot. If you're riding even slightly flat footed, but you're trying to squeeze the bike like crazy with your knees, it's going to cause like a little ricochet and then your knees are going to constantly be bouncing and your feet are going to be bouncing. So you have to make sure that you're on the balls of your feet with your toes in all the way tight against the frame and allowing your, in each whoop or each roller, you have to let your heel drop, let your ankle flex. And then naturally, I don't even think about squeezing my knees that much when I'm going through rollers. I think about where my feet are. I think about where my feet are and I think about where my head is. So make sure your head is super far forward. Make sure your feet are in the perfect spot, toes in and heels dropping. And then you won't really have to really think that much about squeezing and it won't make you feel like you're getting jumbled around as much because it'll just feel soft because your foot will do this and your ankle will do this. Got it. Perfect answer. Perfect answer. Yeah. Cam, any input? No, I mean... Uh, something I've been focusing on for myself recently is keeping my, making sure I can feel contact with my toes to the frame, um, yeah. which helps a lot. You feel super connected. To me, it makes a bigger difference sitting. For some reason, when I sat, my feet would be less connected. And now I'm getting better at that. When I stood, it's been natural for me for a long time to have them connected. But a lot of people like, I'll say, all right, get on the balls of your feet, drop your heels or whatever it is. And there, there's like an inch gap in between their toe and the frame. And that's a big problem. So you have to make sure you're closing that gap. Yeah. I'm uh, super stoked because I wear Garnets and you can't feel anything basically. I mean, you can feel a little bit, but it's hard to really feel what's up. And Kenny Day has ordered me Fox gear. Uh, confirmed? Yeah. I didn't tell you that. No. Oh. Okay, yeah. I went and saw him at Redbud after you flew out, like you left yeah. already. I yeah. went and said hi, and he's like, hey, I got your gear on order. I'm like, don't tell me anything about it. I want it to be a surprise. No way. That's uh, sick. Dude. Is it going to be lettered and everything? You yeah, think? lettered. It says cameraman cam on the back. Like, Wow. Dude, that's cool. Un- dude. Yeah, unreal. Kenny Day, Fox is amazing. They just Fox. sent me three. I just got three AJ. more pairs of boots and so many pairs of gear. I don't AJ. even know what to do with it all. AJ. Yeah. Fox. Is and giving and me it's Fox. Gear. <laughs> like, yeah. That's it's not freaking AXO. No offense, AXO, but like this is the elite of the elite company, which is like my dream sponsor, your dream sponsor. Yeah, that's cool. Unreal. Unreal. I don't cool. know what I'm getting. You're welcome. <laughs> Maybe he'll just give me a t shirt. I would still be stoked. <laughs> I don't know, but he said gear has been on order, which I don't. I, I, know I would imagine that, that means like a head to toe kit. So that's perfect. I cool. doubt it'd be, I, I'm, I would expect Jersey and pants, but if he gave me a head to toe kit, holy cow, I'm basically, I'm basically Ken Roxon. All right. You ready yeah. for another one? <laughs> hit, hit me with it. All right, here we go. Uh, this is fire at will. You remember fire at will, right? Oh, I love fire at will. Yeah. All right, here we go. Oh, hang on. I'm taking my Becca head off. Oh. I'm having some. Oh, oh boy. Oh, that's way, way more comfortable. Okay. Are you ready? Ready. Hey, guys. I just got done riding, and I'm kind of out here cooling off, and I just can't stop thinking about booty, Uh, AJ's booty in particular. Okay. So I'm wondering, when you put on, or when you used to put on your Tech 10s, did you go booty out and then into the boot? 
Or nope. did you go with the whole McGill all together and just <laughs> shove it right in there? Uh, yeah. Appreciate you. Keep up the good work. The all right, Will. Fan- <laughs> Fantastic question. Uh, you've Have you ever worn tech tents? Me? No. Let us know in the comments, guys. Are, are you... Are you a booty on and then into the boot or you just leave it in the boot and toss the whole situation on all at once? Uh, I'm a toss the whole situation on all at once, but I was told by the Alpine star guys when I wore them, don't do that. Take them out, let them air out because it's really bad for the booty. You just let it sit and just rot inside of your boot. <laughs> take, take the booty out, let it air out. And then unfortunately it's tough, dude. Cause when you put that booty on, Actually, when you take it out and let it air out, the easiest way is to just take your hand and then put the booty back in before your foot's in it. And that way you can just get your foot in the boot, no problem. Because going boot foot into the booty and then trying to shove it into the boot is very difficult. I know for a fact that Jet takes his foot out with the booty on it. Yeah, because he walks around with just the booties yes, frequently. Yes, he does. Frequently yeah. he walks around with just the booties. Yeah, so then I wonder what his strategy is to then get them back on because that's the tricky part. But yeah, take those things out, let them air out. They'll last longer. Can and you like put wash them, them in with your hand? Yeah. Oh, that's actually yeah. really nice. Yeah, I never used to, and I would just leave them in the boot forever. Well, I've never cleaned. This is kind of gross. I've had my boots for probably ten years, and I've never cleaned the inside. I have no idea how. No, I I don't know. I use, I I had a partnership with uh, Manscaped for YouTube one time. Yeah. And they accidentally sent me an entire giant box of, it's like called foot duster. And it's this little like deodorant spray for your shoes. Yeah. And I found that box the other day while we were cleaning out my garage. And now I just tossed a bunch of the foot dusters into my gear bag. So I just sprayed my boots and it smells delicious. (laughs) So it smells delicious. So I'll give you some foot, I'll give you some manscaped foot duster. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, Yeah. Cool. Thank you for it, Will. That was a yeah, wonderful great question. question. Great wonderful question. question. All right, next one. This I one, often I often think about booty as well. This is yeah, you do. <laughs> this, so this is uh, this one's a bit of a turn. All right, you ready? Okay. We got to. Th- it's a long question. Hey Kim. Hey, hey AJ. So I have a question about race anxieties um, because I feel like I'm a completely different rider on a race day than I'm on a practice day. On practice days, I'm pushing myself, I'm sending it, I'm doing, I'm doing all the hard stuff, you know, and I feel confident doing it. When it comes to a race day, I completely fall apart. I'm a completely different rider, and I leave so much on the track, and, and my placements do not match my uh, skill level, and it's really discouraging, and it just makes me upset, makes me angry, also makes me sad. So yeah, I thought you guys would have a fun time with that question. So uh, any any help with that? I try not to psych myself out. You know, I, I'm sitting there, me- I'm doing breathing exercises on the gate, focusing, staying focused, but it just, I don't know, something about race day, I completely fall apart. So thanks guys. See you at the next uh, in training class. I uh, love that question. He was at class in Ohio a couple weeks ago. Awesome kid, he was, he was great. Uh, Trust me, I've had my fair share of this. Holy cow, have I ever. So a couple things. Let's see if I can break this down and try to keep my thoughts in order. The anxiety is due to you thinking about what your result is going to be at the end of the race. So that, first of all, is a problem. Anxiety in any situation is when you're thinking about what's going to be happening anytime in the future. Whether it's two laps from now, 10 minutes from now, or a year from now, that's what causes anxiety. So... You have to think of what ways work the best for you to anchor yourself, bring yourself back down, back into the present. If breathing exercises don't work for that, they seem to work pretty well for me. I have a couple things that I do now that really help bring me into the moment. If they don't work for you, you have to find something that does. So, you know, that could just be taking maybe a look around and just thinking about what you're grateful for at that current moment. Like, I don't know, maybe the weather's good or... Um, maybe your girlfriend or somebody's at the race and you look over and look at them and think about how grateful you are that they're there. Or mm, maybe your bike's running good and you're just happy that your bike's running good. Or maybe you have a new pair of goggles on. Or maybe you just feel fairly healthy on that day. Or I don't know, anything. Anything that you can feel grateful for will kind of just bring you back in the moment. 
into the present and you could just think about that thing for a little bit. That will make you think less about what the heck place you're going to get. Uh, so that's one thing. That's a huge thing. If you can get really good at that, that's a huge solution to just being happy in life, I think, because people are so worried about the past, so worried about the future that they're unhappy. If you can just like check in and think about things you're grateful for often throughout the day, that, that just brings you back to the present. I, it works really well for me. Next thing, manage your expectations. So create goals not based on results. Create goals based on accomplishing or acquiring like a feeling. So, or like my goal for Supercross last year was to surprise people, was to impress people. That was literally my goal. I stated that to my mental coach, to Jake Cavanaugh that I talked to all the time. I stated that goal to everybody. And when they asked what my goal was and they thought I was crazy, I just said, I just want to impress some people. And that's actually exactly what I did. Think about it. If you look back to the season, did I do extremely well? No, I wasn't prepared. I was getting tired. I qualified super well and then performed terribly in the races. But if you look at it as a big picture, the, the moments of me impressing people were uh, Kenny at Fox would come up and be like, when he came up and he goes, dude, you're an American hero. <laughs> like joking around because I beat Voland on the 125 and qualifying like little moments like that, impressing people, turning heads. That was the goal that I wanted to set going into that season. And that's exactly what I accomplished. And that gamified it and made it fun for me. So if you're, you need to find little goals like that to kind of chase that will make it more fun. It will make you stress a little bit less because ultimately it doesn't freaking matter. Pro Supercross doesn't matter. Forget about the local race that you're at. That matters tech equally as less, equally as little. So you just have to think about how you can have fun with it. I mean, you're riding a dirt bike. That sucks. I feel badly that you get stressed out in those situations and that your results or performance and lack thereof just causes sadness. I've, I've experienced that. And I don't experience it anymore because my mindset is just shifted to a better place. My results technically the last few years have been worse than ever, but I leave the races feeling a lot more accomplished, a lot happier because of the way I go about the day. Yeah. Is that decent advice? How is that? Cam, yeah, that any advice? Any, uh, what do you do? No, that sounds pretty solid to me, honestly. Hmm. Yeah. Good job. Hmm. Have fun. Hopefully we're, that, riding, ho we're riding dirt hopefully bikes here. You know, yeah. there's obviously that, mm. but also, yeah, I mean, I said this, I told this story in the last podcast we did, so I won't tell it again, but like my best results came when I just didn't care and I just had fun and rode my dirt bike. So getting I past can that's under tough, though. Like it is, it is, it takes a lot of, and that's the thing too, is you, you can preach to somebody all day long how they're supposed to think and how they're supposed to feel. It takes a lot of practice. It really does. I've gone, I've seen hypnotists. I've seen mental coaches. I've seen you name it. And in the moment when I was with those people, I was like, this is so silly. I can't think that way. And then the more I practice thinking that way, it actually became how I think. And I'm pretty good at it now, but it's taken me years and years of practice. So if you're at beginner level mindset right now, don't think of that as a negative. You're young. You're probably my age, if not younger. Start practicing. Try to get to amateur level mindset, expert level mindset, and just keep maturing and getting better at that. And that's what will unlock happiness and not being stressed about things. And I don't know. Mm -hmm. And that applies for many more things than dirt bikes. It applies for absolutely everything. Try it. Try it. Send me a message in here. Let's have a conversation. I'll help you out. Nice. I'll give you some things that work for me, right? Why not? Let's chat. Send me a message. Excuse All right, me. Doug, quiet down. What is he doing over there? I don't know. He's ticked off because I was flying my drone before. Oh, and he doesn't like the drone? Oh, not at all. Oh, bummer. Not at all. He bit it when I put it back on the ground when I brought it inside. Yikes. Yeah. Weird. I, I think it's because I flew it into him one time by mistake. <laughs> yeah, that may have something to do with it. Yeah, maybe. Come to think of it. Maybe. All right. Maybe. All right, here's with another one. 
All right, we got I'm repeat. I'm firing on all syllables today. Repeat. This is video two of three from this guy. Podcast question for you. Uh, really appreciate all the videos uh, with jumping in sketchy conditions, the different jump videos from the live classes. Really good stuff. Uh, question about trying to get more loft or more distance off the jump uh, because much of the riding that my buddies and I do is out in the desert, free riding, and we're generally trying to get over obstacles, natural terrain obstacles. So how how would we best jump, a, I guess you could call it a sketchy situation where we're trying to get more distance and more air uh, versus soaking or scrubbing to get back on the ground quickly? Thank you. Excellent question. Ex- he's good. Keep sending him in because he's got good questions. Um, okay. Like always, Cam, I know the answer to this one. So mm-hmm. come in slow. I think that's the biggest mistake when you're trying to get preload, when you're trying to get pop to get over a jump. If you come in too fast, you're going to blow through the obstacle. So if you're trying to like hit a fun little thing, that's not a jump that you're trying to make a jump or right, whatever it is, come in super slow and you have to match the, the takeoff with throttle. So if it's a short, steep takeoff, rah, rah, really quick ramp up of the RPM. If it's a little bit longer and flowy and ramp it up more slowly. What you're trying to do is you're trying to match the compression and rebound of the bike with the pitch and the length of the takeoff. So if you need, if it's short and steep, quick, quick throttle, because it almost like a throttle blip. And I hate to use the word blip, but it's very quick ramp up to try to get that bike to compress and unload quickly. If you mistime that, the bike will push through and you won't get any of the height that you're looking for. Uh, one way to ensure that you get the pop the way you want and the throttle response and the compression and loading that you want, I use the clutch. So I'll come into the jump face and as I'm ramping the throttle up, I match it with the clutch so that I can make sure it happens and it doesn't fall flat. Because if you go to ramp up that RPM and then it just lugs, you're, again, you're going to have the same effect. It'll just push through. Uh, hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Uh, we were trying to teach that to some kids at 10th Street. And yeah, right. The, and, and the issue it's they a, it's all had... It's a hard concept to understand. Huh? Well, here's the biggest thing that they struggled with is they all just started blipping the throttle off the lip. And that's totally not it. Like you have to hit the gas to where your bike's going to G out at the bottom, right? Like, um, you almost have, you, you got to get on the gas at the base of most jumps rather than the lip, you know? Right. Right. You're not doing that blip or that throttle match at the top. It's happening right at the bottom. Also, you have to make sure that your body movement is going with it. Meaning when you're soaking up an obstacle, you're going from very vertical to soaking up, letting the bike come to you, eating it up, like trying to go push through it. When you're preloading, you're going down with the bike and unloading with the bike. It's like a BMX bunny hop, sort of. Like You don't do a bunny hop by standing tall and then yanking the bike up to you. You do a bunny hop by compressing down and then you yank the bike up. If it's a short, steep jump face, you have to do that movement going down into the squatting position and coming back up to vertical very, very quickly. If it's something a little bit longer of a jump face, you do that movement slowly. Yeah. And I don't know if you mentioned this. Just take some practice. I don't know if you mentioned this. I kind of, so if you did, sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, But maybe just talk about real quick, like a common misconception with something like a preload is that you want to lean way back. Yeah, yeah. Don't lean back. Body position stays the same. If you lean back, you compress just the rear, primarily the rear, and then you'll unload yourself into a front flip. So still want to keep your head super far forward, just like any jump. If you think your head's far enough forward, it's probably not. Get it further forward. Yeah, literally. I, yeah. I have to think like I'm my head's over the front, like past the. I can the front tell fender. when you ride, you think about it often because I'll see you in midair where you go. Oh, yeah. And absolutely. you like try to pull yourself more forward. Yeah. No, all, all the time, all the time. I think about that often. I think about where my hands are all the time. Yeah. I, I only think about technique stuff now. So <laughs> it's fun. That's funny. All right. Well, great question. I like it. Okay. So funny story about this next question. Uh, this comes from a guy that I have been talking to back and forth for, I mean, all year because he rides over in Plattsburgh, which I'll ride at sometimes same tracks and everything. And our schedules have never lined up to where we can ride together, but we're going to make it happen. One of these days. Is it that camp? No mercy one that you talk about? Uh, camp, no mercy. And then there's a track called Doug's 
Um, that's Doug. shout out. Yeah. Shout out Doug's, uh, both soundtracks, dude, you gotta come to camp. No mercy. It's, it's so good. It's so good. We'll make that happen one of these days. Anywho, okay. um, Doug's is funny, dude, the track at Doug's, you have to drive over the track, like on the track to go to the, where you park. <laughs> Oh, really? Like, literally, you'll be doing laps and there might just be a car crossing. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's hilarious. They're I've both landed like, on a landscape trailer once before. You did? So there's that. Oh, yeah. A on landscape a huge trailer. step down. Landed oh. right on a landscape trailer. How'd that end? Because it was going to the center of the track to landscape. Wow. Uh, I was fine. Didn't even crash. I landed on the tire and ricocheted off of it. Didn't even crash. Wow. That's hairy. It was so scary. All right, here we go. Hey, Jay and Cameraman Cam. Jim Miller from Northern New York. Here's my problem. 53 years old, six foot four, 330 pounds, just getting back into riding after 22 years at being out of it. When I go to stand in the attack position, no matter how far forward I am on the fender, it feels like it wants to pull me right off the back of the bike. Cameraman Cam knows the two tracks that I ride at, Doug's in Plattsburgh, and Blackbrook, uh, deep sand, mostly tabletops. Is there anything I can do to safely jump at these tracks in the seated position? And is there anything I can do to help with the attack position and uh, not feeling like the bike wants to be just out of control all the time? Thanks. Great wow, question. He, he's got a really nice voice. Right. <laughs> he <laughs> should read audiobooks. Yeah, he should read audiobooks. Uh, Good question. And no, of all the jumps that you wouldn't want to sit down on, it would be sand jumps because the jump faces are usually a lot more questionable and have more than likely have kickers of some sort or just inconsistencies on them. So don't get in the habit of just sitting on jumps because you're not, you don't think you're in the right body position. You don't feel comfortable in the standing position. My guess is that you're thinking of the attack position standing up is more of a static spot. You have to think of it, and this is difficult in sand because sometimes you don't know how much or how little traction you're going to get. You have to think of it as the more traction, the quicker you are propelling forward, the more aggressively you have to lean forward. And you being that tall, you have a high center of gravity, so it's going to be easier for you to fall to the front of the bike and to get, feel like you're getting yanked off the back. You have to make sure that if you're accelerating hard and you think you're getting traction, you have to move forward quickly. If you think that you're going to, or you're on the throttle lightly, then you have to move so forward slowly. And it's just a matter of practicing that dynamic movement and not just thinking that you just have to be in one static stand-up position with your head forward based on any amount of throttle or acceleration or speed that you're going. It should always move. The best way to practice that is certainly not at a sand track. It would be to try to get just one big oval like in a field and just practice accelerating, slowing down or braking. Turn, accelerate, slow down, maybe hit the brakes. And as you practice it, you'll get a feel of where it feels neutral. The idea is that you're not trying to get the weight to the front, you're trying to neutralize. So same thing when you brake, like if, if you're just tall vertical like this and you go to hit the brakes, Oh, you're going to fall over the front. So you have to make sure that you're getting nice and low and getting your center of gravity low so you don't feel like you're falling over the front. When you accelerate, if you're nice and vertical, whoa, you're going to get yanked off the back. So you just have to get used to, just takes practice. For me, it is, it's such a natural thing. Like I almost fall forward and then I catch myself with the throttle. Does that make sense to you? Like, I will, especially if I'm just cruising through the pits or something, I will stand up, start to fall over the front where if I didn't give it throttle, I would literally just like, I would fall, literally just fall over the front. <laughs> but then I time it so that I meet it with the perfect amount of throttle. A good example of that is remember Hunter in Supercross, I think it was one of the Anaheims last year on press day landed the rhythm and he was in neutral and he didn't know it. And he did this crazy fold over the front. Mm-hmm. That's because he was expecting the throttle to come on. And when it didn't, it wasn't that he was pitched at some crazy angle because he was actually landing the right way, but the throttle never came on. So he just like folded himself over the front. Yeah. Do you remember when Chase 
Chase Sexton, same thing, just a crazy fold over the front. Well, no, he he clicked neutral, landed on the top of a tabletop, and his feet just ejected, and he did a front <laughs> flip, and that was because he was in neutral. Like every nobody and, could figure out what happened, but it was and he, he was so it. ready to lean that far forward because he thought he was going to accelerate, and when he didn't, he literally did a front flip over the handlebars. I'll put that clip in there because it's, when you know what happens, it it kind of looks funny. <laughs> yeah, because be it's like. Think about the acceleration. He thought he was going to land on top of that tabletop in second gear, maybe third gear, I think second, and accelerate after a triple on. When you land on top of a tabletop after doing a three on, you land wide open on a 450, as much power as possible. So when he thought he was landing wide open, think about how far forward you have and how quickly you have to move your head forward. Mm-hmm. So when that throttle never came on, he just flopped himself straight over the front. It was insane. So that's how you have to think of it. And it takes practice and it's probably scary until you get used to it. Not to mention Doug's is like the most difficult track that we have over there. Mm. It's just hard to ride. Like the jumps. Is it like tight and sandy? Uh, it's kind of tight. The jumps are just not built well. Just like every track, it seems like. Um, and it's just deep and like, it's just not good. It's not a good setup. Like all the landings are steeper than the takeoffs. Like... It's tough, but in sand, dude, I like on a normal track. I don't know if this will make any sense on the normal track. I look for where to stand in sand. I look for where to sit. (laughs) Does that make sense at all? Yeah, yeah. because in sand, you basically just have to stand up the whole time. Um, But yeah, I I would say one of the things I'm trying to learn right now is like seat bouncing and hitting jumps seated, but I would never do it at Doug's or a sand track. Yeah. And certainly not a good habit to get into if you're just trying to avoid standing up. That's that's never good. Yeah. Yeah. Take that advice. Just practice it, and just understand. Like play around with it. Lean. Like you'll figure it out. Yeah. The more seat time, the better too. You know, yeah. as far as just strength goes in that. Not position. literally. Don't be on the seat. Yeah. But stand up. Yes. Thank you for clarifying. And maybe we'll ride together, Jim. One mm. of these days. I haven't been over to Plattsburgh actually since the spring I haven't been over there in forever it just got too expensive with like the ferry and gas and stuff so Uh, all right next question hit me with it all right part three of our best our new best friend here all right ready okay ready podcast question have either of you ever had an experience or a period in your life where you've dealt with a low self-confidence whether it's related to on the bike or not and how did you overcome it? Thanks. Where does where does he get these questions? These are he excellent. must be googling them. <laughs> Good question uh, for podcasts. Cam, you want to take the lead? Do you have uh, anything? Any moments that come to mind? Or oh, I have plenty of moments that come to mind. I don't have anything uh, super sophisticated to say about it. But uh, for me, this awesome co- uh, often comes in filmmaking. Uh, I am not a great filmmaker. I don't think. Like my confidence in filmmaking is actually quite low. Um, There's like my peers around me are wicked talented, just like far more like there's this one guy, his name's Mike Overton. I'm going to name drop. He's a filmmaker from Vermont. He's the most talented filmmaker I've ever had the opportunity to talk to. And and the dude's like, he's going to make Hollywood movies. Like that's a path he's on. That's the direction he's going. And, and he will make, probably some of the, some of the best movies that we'll watch here in the future. You know, he's, he's just still building the connections to make that a possibility. But, uh, when he was in high school, he was making things that were Hollywood quality. And when he went to college, I was just like, he started making short films that I just, I couldn't believe. I couldn't, I could not believe how good they were. Uh, Mm. I mean, I would put him up against some of the best directors in the world. I mean, He's amazing. He's amazing. The only reason nobody's heard of him is because he just needs to make that connection to where he can make a Hollywood movie, basically. And then everybody will have known of, of, of him. Um, just so good. So good. And yeah, with filmmaking, I think all the time I'm like, I just, I'm not there. I just can't do that. Like, and it's not my goal, you know, to make Hollywood movies. It's not my goal to make movies in general. I mean, I'd love to make AJ and I have talked about this before. I'd love to make a motocross movie one of these days. Um, those, the popularity of those has definitely disappeared, but I'd still love to still love to make one. Um, 
but yeah, I don't know. I, I think about that pretty often with, with filmmaking. There's just people who are better at it than I am, but I guess in the arts, I suppose, and this has been my justification slash reminder of what I'm doing is, uh, no one will ever make a video or a movie like Mike Overton in the same way that no one will ever make a video like I will because it's technically artistic and no, no two will ever do the same thing. You know what I mean? Like I will always have my eye. He will always have his. And like, for instance, when people hire me, they hire me for my eye. They, you know what I mean? If they wanted Mike Overton's eye, they'd hire Mike Overton. So I don't know. That's kind of always my reminder is, and obviously that's pretty darn specific, but, um, and also I use it kind of as a strive to be better. Like I, I there are, there's always things to learn in filmmaking, especially new techniques or, or different ideas for lighting. Like I really struggle with lighting and I'm a filmmaker. Lighting's like the most important piece. Um, but yeah, I, in a lot of ways I use it to get better, but also I know the reminder of, you know, that in this specific case, it's in the arts, like, um, well, lack of self, self-esteem comes from comparing yourself to other people. Right. Which and is that's exactly not fair. Yeah. And that's not fair in any situation because there's always going to be some, someone better than you at whatever it is that you're trying to pinpoint and compare yourself to, whether it's how much money I have or how good I am at this specific task, or there's probably always going to be somebody that has more money or somebody that has this, somebody that has this you should be setting goals and thinking about yourself. You can reference other people 100% because that's when you learn and you can, I think that's the problem with a lot of people in their outlook on social media is you can look and scroll through and look at all of these things and you can look at them in envy and anger and think about how, why you're mad that they have this because you don't think you can ever achieve it <coughs> or you can look at it and think, wow, good for them. Like, how did they do this? Or how, how, what exactly did they do to accomplish that? Or, and you can learn in that way. Be, that's, that's how I do it at least. And I think there's a lot of people out there that look at things in envious ways. And when you're envious about something that you're kind of telling yourself in your own brain that you're not able to accomplish that. So you just have to compare yourself to yourself and yourself only and try to just be better than you were the day before maybe. Yeah. And that's true. But again, don't miss the part of what I was saying where you, if everybody's going to play the comparison game, like I don't think you can actually undo that. Maybe you can, I can't, but use it like use it to get better. That's what I try to do. Like I, for instance, this the whole past week, I've been in Florida shooting a conference with a team of eight people, eight filmmakers from all over the country. And they were unbelievably talented, but, and some were a lot ta more talented than I was, but guess what? I was able to teach literally the most, who I would have considered the most talented dude there, like a major trick about editing. And it's like jaw hit the ground. You know what I mean? So there's also that side of it too, but just use it to be better. I mean, that's what I try to do. What about with things that are maybe more out of your control? Such as? Like looks. So for me, like I'm balding. <laughs> and there's two ways to look at that. There's yeah. the, my way, which I, would I prefer to have hair? I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But am I, do I have low self-esteem about it? No. Absolutely not. And I don't know why exactly I don't. Uh, that would be where the advice part comes in. But Well, probably because it doesn't really matter. And that's the, most of the things that we get hung up on probably don't really matter. For instance, like there's better filmmakers than me. Duh. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And uh, well, yeah, like there's people guess what? More, with more hair than you. Duh. <laughs> You know how every low self-esteem situation could be uh, solved uh, by you that? asking yourself, does it really matter? Yeah, probably. And the answer will always be no, because right. nothing matters. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might lose me there a little bit. That's how, nothing matters. What matters? Doesn't matter. 
Doesn't yeah, matter. Do get, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, no, but also, really. I don't know. The other thing is just no, like, like I obviously, I mean, I believe this wholeheartedly. Um, AJ, you, me, people listening, you, you have purpose, right? Like there's, you have purpose in this life. And my purpose is not to make Hollywood movies, you know, like, and I need to be content with that. Maybe like other people have that purpose. I just don't. Uh, my purpose is to do other things. Um, you know, like your, your purpose is not to be, uh, like a shampoo model. <laughs> like <laughs> your purpose is clearly to teach people how to ride safely on dirt bikes. It could be for like Nioxin or, uh, head and shoulders maybe for dry scalp. What else? <laughs> well, when you get that deal written in, just let me know and I'll make the ad for it. <laughs> but, um, Yeah. Oh, I like it. All right. We're, we're firing on all syllables today. I, what, what, how many more questions we got? How far into this thing are we? Uh, we're 52 minutes in. We have three more questions. All right. Let's try to make this right around an hour if we can. Uh, I got a, I got a dirt bike to give away. What time is it? 4.47. Oh, okay. You're good. Yeah, we're good. Um, you need to help me remember where we met this guy. We just met him. Okay. All right. You ready? Mm-hmm. This is a podcast question about cleaning the drivetrain. How, what, what kinds of materials would you recommend for cleaning the drivetrain and how often? It seems like uh, in order to get it completely clean, I have to take the chain off, which is a pain. And if we do leave the chain on, uh, is there any kind of spray material we can spray on it that completely degreases uh, the chain and the sprockets to the point where you just you know hose it, uh, hose it down, uh, clean it off, and get all the grime and the dirt and grease off before, you know, um, putting chain lube back on and what kind of chain lube would you recommend? Thanks. What kind of chain lube are you using is the question. Did he, did he tell us that? I don't think so. Where is he because from? Because that's, uh, I think we met him at class in, in, uh, Martin MX. Was it Martin? Yeah, it must have oh. been. Gosh, darn. He's, I know we just met him. I can't remember where. Anyway. Gosh, I don't, I've been to 25 places in the last week. I can't remember. True. Uh, so the problem could be chain lube. That if you use the wrong chain lube, you can't get that crap off at all. By the way, this is not a question for Albert and probably not a question for Cam either. I do have suggestions. I'm pretty anal about cleaning my stuff, so. My, I don't have that issue. Like if you look at my chain on this bike that's behind me, it's clean as a whistle because I'm, I, I, don't use, I use WD-40 as chain lube. <laughs> so when it comes to, to cleaning my bike, it's pretty easy to get that WD-40 off. Or sometimes I see people's, the gunk that's coming off their chain mm -hmm. and it's gross. It gets everywhere. It gets flung everywhere. Don't use whatever stuff that is. What, uh, what do you use? WD-40, seriously? Yeah. All right. We got to do better than that. I, I know a lot WD of WD-40 is not a lube. WD-40 is intended to, to like keep the water out yeah i wouldn't I don't, use that as no i don't think it's supposed to. um i know a lot of people who use wd-40 on their chains but it's mm -hmm. probably not the best uh okay so to answer the first question i use chain wax made by maxima don't know why it's just what i have uh however um i love a clean dirt bike i love having my bike clean the chain is always dirty Literally, I've had my local shop try to sell me a bunch of different kinds of like degreaser for chains and none of them work. I like I know this struggle. I've been down this road, uh, but I, I do have one that works absolutely amazing. All you have to do, yeah. spray it on, let it sit for a while. Typically, what I'll do is I'll spray this degreaser on the chain, top and bottom, inside, outside, basically all over the place. Um, and then I always wash my bike with spray foam. So I'll spray foam it and let it all sit for two minutes and let it just eat away. And then I just spray it off with a power washer and the thing's brand new. Um, I literally think it's called chain clean by Maxima, the stuff that Maxima makes, and you cannot find this stuff everywhere. I've, every time I've gotten it, I've had to order it and it works 
amazing. It like foams up when it gets on your chain and dude, you just have to spray it off. It's incredible. But also use a pressure washer. If you're using a hose, you're not going to get anywhere. Um, and I feel like when you stay consistent with the product, it, mm-hmm. it, it, the, the, whatever's intended, like same thing with air filter oil and air, fil- air filter oh, absolutely. cleaner. That one especially. Like, yeah, I, I don't go use one air filter cleaner or oil and then try to use a different air filter cleaner. It's probably just not going to work as well. Yeah, but I remember but you're, like, you're asking the guy that don't I don't know I don't do anything. I I ride my bike and then I try to not look at it again until I ride it again. Yeah, I'm trying to re- I'm trying to think of the brand. I think it's PJ One. I can't remember if PJ One is a product or a brand. PJ One. I remember back in the arena cross there used to be a PJ One girl and she would dress up in a like tight leather it looked like leather but it was like spandex leather onesie and it would say pj1 right here i have a picture of her kissing me on the cheek when i got a podium in arena cross when i was like seven wow yeah when you were seven yeah they used to have like an amateur day yep essentially and the thing what if you got on the podium you when you get your trophy and did she give you your trophy that she would give you a kiss. That's hilarious. Yeah. That would be so oh, socially no. unacceptable. No, you know what it no. was? What? It was, do you want, oh, what was it? That she would ask a question. Do you want a trophy or do you want a kiss on the cheek? I think that's the, how crazy is that? <laughs> that this wouldn't fly in 2022. No, it would not. <laughs> she, I'm pretty sure that was what they would ask you when you got to the podium. Do you want a trophy or a kiss on the cheek? Your boy went for a kiss on the cheek. (laughs) Unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah. Unreal. Unreal. (laughs) Wow. But yeah, I use Maxima chain wax. Hopefully that answers this question. Good job, Cam. Yeah. Got a boy. Yeah. I'm well, I'm just a freak about my stuff being clean. Give it a shot. It's the best degreaser I've used on a chain. The rest of the stuff doesn't work. Uh, You want to do two more? Do you want to save the last two for a different day? Two more. We'll make them quick. All right, here we go. Peyton Kepler here, uh, podcast question. Uh, this one's kind of for anybody that rides, I guess both of you do. But if you could go back at any era and ride those bikes of that era, what era would it be, what bike, and just why? I mean, everybody's got their own preference, but for me, it's early 2000s Suzuki's all the way. Oh, okay. Interesting choice. Good choice. Uh, who was that? Ronnie Mac? Uh, no. Or Aaron Plessinger? Who was that? Kind of looks like AP, to be honest. Uh, I would say ni- 95 or 96 Honda. What? Yeah, 250 two-stroke. I feel like that was like the most plush, easy bike to ride, maybe that I've ever ridden. What about you? 2021? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I, it wouldn't be much newer. I would... Uh, I I would love. There's to been ride. years that are 09 Cowie 450, excellent really? year. Yeah. What? There's certain years that bikes were just really good. Uh, do you know what bike I want to ride? It's very specific. I want to ride Blake Baggett's Pro Circuit 250. What 2011 or something maybe? Yeah, somewhere around there. Yep, that, that looked like a good one. That was my dream bike. Mm-hmm. What else? Um, and also like I didn't, I was not around in the two stroke era. Like I, I wasn't watching when that was happening. So I for sure would like to ride James Stewart's KX 125. Yeah. That would be pretty darn cool. The one where he like, who was it? He let pass him just to pass him back. I think it was was Reed. Reed. Yeah. Unreal. Crazy. Yeah. Unreal. Well, good question. All right. A nice quick one too. I like that question, but yeah, Yeah. Blake Baggett's. Pro Circuit 250 or any Pro Circuit 250. I would just love to ride. (laughs) Wouldn't that be cool? That'd be cool. Have I ridden one? Like, I know you want to ride Jet's bike, which Jet's bike would be cool, but I would love to ride a Pro Circuit KX 250. That'd be insane. They're just so iconic. Yeah. I just can't wait this year to have Jet's bike, basically. Yeah. Except Except for the motor. Except for the motor. Okay, you ready? Last one. Yep. Here we go. This dude needs a Moto Academy sun hat. Hey there, Moto Academy. Uh, my question today is, uh, how would suspension as far as spring rate affect uh, riding? For example, I'm 260 pounds and I'm riding on a stock uh, KX450 and 
you know, I'm not quite sure what effects uh, that'll have on the bike when it comes to jumping. If I put the correct spring rate, will it help me jump higher or further, or or is it up to me to determine how high and far will I jump? Thank you. Good question. It's not going to help you jump higher and further. You can jump as high and as far as you want with any suspension. It's going to help on the landing. And it might give you more confidence on the takeoff as well. Uh, but the landing is going to be the big part. So at 260 pounds on stock suspension, that's going to feel like the equivalent to me riding, maybe even worse than this, but like me riding like a wood setup or me hopping on a, like a KX85 and going to hit a jump. Can I do the jump? And if I clear it perfectly, am I fine? Yes. But if I overshoot it or case it, I'm probably going to have some problems. And that doesn't really bring about confidence in somebody that is trying to build confidence with jumping. Whereas on my supercross setting, I'll, I'll attempt just about any jump because I know that if I mistime it, that that suspension will save me because it's so stiff. Uh, so yeah, I would use, um, co go to factory connection, call them and tell them AJ sent you and they'll give you 20 or 30% off or go to the website. And I think it's eight. The code is AJ three thirty, AJ cat three thirty. It's either AJ three thirty or AJ cat three thirty. It's one With of the some two. random uppercase letters and <laughs> <laughs> and you'll get twenty percent off, which is a significant discount when we're talking thousand uh, dollars for uh, getting your suspension done. It'll save you two hundred bucks. So or three hundred bucks if it's thirty percent. Do that. It's worth it at your weight. I think those bikes are sprung stock for maybe closer to like 170, 175. You're nearly a hundred pounds over that. You're it's yeah. It's not going to feel great. It's not going to feel great. Just like it wouldn't feel great for a little kid that's moving up to the big bikes and he's 130 pounds trying to ride a, a 125 two stroke that's sprung for 175. It's that's might even be worse because that's just ricocheting you everywhere. Dude, I'll never uh, forget when I, I went from a KX85 to a KX250F. That was the jump. I didn't do the 125 thing. And did you just, it's, did it just... I was terrified of the bike. I didn't want to ride it. I didn't like it. I got arm pump, all this stuff. I sent my suspension to factory connection. Thank you, Greg Link, mechanic, for making me do that. Mm -hmm. And when I got it sprung to 115 pounds or whatever I was, oh my gosh, it's amazing. It's it's just more fun. Yeah. Yeah. Spring the dang bike to your weight. It's totally worth yeah. it. Probably safer in some aspects too. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. It'll handle better everywhere, but it, then it'll, it'll aspire confidence with jumping also. Yeah. Factory connection. Tell me, tell them Albert sent you. Yep. All right. Is that it? That's it. We did it. Good job team. We did it. Thank you for the submissions. Keep them up. Please just send them over video. Just like you just saw, you know, we just saw <laughs> how it's done. Just do that. <laughs> and if you don't see that option, when you go to the chat, when you get to the chat box with cameraman cam, that means that you haven't sent a message yet. For whatever reason, the app has a weird little glitch that you have to send a message first, and then it will unlock two little icons down below the chat, chat box where you can send through videos or photos. So if you haven't started the conversation in the chat thread yet, you just have to say type hi, and then you'll see those two boxes pop up and you can send your video through those two boxes. That applies for me as well. So I get asked all the time and it's an annoying little glitch, but all you have to do is send that initial message. Then it gives you the opportunity to send through your video, send them to cameraman cam. Don't send them to me. If you send them to me, I will just reply as if I'm giving you riding advice, not on the podcast. So if you want them on the podcast, send them to cameraman cam inside of the app. And don't send me riding footage for the podcast. Right. Are people doing that? That happened four times today. Oh, <laughs> well, what they could, it would be, we could break down riding footage on here. Why not? It, Cause it would be wicked difficult for you to see it. I feel like you think, yeah. Well, what if you screen recorded it? When you screen record it, you just have to let it play through what you do with it would no, it pick if if there's a good one where it's 
visible. I could see it. Don't send in writing footage. All right, we'll see. Oh. <laughs> no, do no, because that would be actually. I think that'd be a cool addition to the podcast. No, uh, or do we maybe. not want to break down writing footage? Because the other thing is like, but then how do they send in the question of like what they're trying to figure out during the writing footage? It's right. like then that they have to confusing. send two videos, and don't I don't send writing footage. Thank not you. yet, at least. It not, yeah, don't do that until we have a. Maybe we'll do a podcast whenever you and I are in person in the same room doing a podcast, we can do a special thing like that for one of them. Yeah. And we're also, by the way, working on a community tab for the Moto Academy that will allow community, just like more of a forum where there can be, you guys can communicate easily with each other. You could put up your own posts, uh, everything like that. So that will create an easier opportunity for us to kind of like analyze people's critique yeah. people's footage just as they're sending it publicly within Moto Academy. So that'd be cool. Yep. All right, go to motoacademy.com, tour.themotoacademy.com. If you guys want to train with me in person, if you are in the app and you haven't trained with me in person yet, what the heck are you waiting for? If it's because a class hasn't been near you, send me a message in here. Tell me to get near you, and I'll, I'll likely make that happen. Yep. All right, well, I got to go give away that KTM. Enjoy that. Are you and doing then, that on Instagram or in the app? Instagram. Cool. Yep. All right. Well, it's been real. Toodaloo.